When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. It's only a matter of about 10 days ago that we got the, the very sad news that uh, champion Mir uh, Amantaj was uh, not going to race anymore, had uh, a leg problem, and uh, the powers that be at Tiakau said enough is enough. Uh, and then, of course, um, uh, they turned to uh, the other option, which is to put Avantage on the market. And unbelievably, um, it was successful uh, to a very large degree, I should say. Uh, not that it was going to be successful, but to the extent that it was. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, Butch Castles will tell us now uh, uh, as he joins us on the show. Thanks very much, uh, Andrew, for joining us. Uh, was this? Uh, uh, tell us about the process of this, because normally when we hear about these sort of auction, auctions and the big prices being paid, you run, you know, you, you see the horse uh, in the flesh as such. Uh, this isn't the case with online stuff. No, good morning, Ian. It's not. It's uh, it's something that's uh, relatively new to the market for selling these horses, but the timing was such that, if, uh, as you said, she was retired last Friday uh, before uh, the Tarzino when they found she had a tendon injury. So very quickly, being the breeding season, they swung into action, and the platform to sell her on was online. Gavel House Plus, a subsidiary of New Zealand Bloodstock, uh, was the uh, way that they chose to do it, and a remarkable result last night. 4.1 million, as you have said, she's gone to Coolmore, so it's full circle. That's where she was conceived, that's where she was bred and raised, and uh, now she goes back to Coolmore, and uh, she will have a date with one of their key stallions, either Wooten, Bassett, Justify, or Poissier. So, uh, look, uh, just an amazing story, uh, this montage, and maximised to the full last night. So, uh, Butch, uh, just for those that um, probably aren't that uh, au fait with how it goes on. Is this on performance or bloodline? Uh, look, she's got a wonderful pedigree. She by champion stallion, Fastnet Rock. She's out of a uh, Zabiel mare, so uh, champions on both sides uh, of her sire line. Um, she was, uh, as we know, a fantastic racehorse, nine times a Group 1 winner. So she pocketed or put in the bank two and a point something million dollars. She was also good enough to win a group race in Australia, which would have counted for her when the likes of Tom Magnier uh, from Coolmore and the underbidder being Yulong, a, a massive conglomerate uh, Chinese uh, uh, based or, or um, owned, but Australian uh, domiciled operation. They were the underbidders. So look, it's, um, it's a combination of both the fact that she had a great pedigree, she was an awesome racehorse, a, a champion racehorse, and uh, the fact she was a lovely type as well. So they managed to 
can get that uh, footage online. Um, there would have been inspections done. I'm sure that the likes of Coolmore would have called on one of their New Zealand uh, uh, trusted uh, people, the people that they send horses to, and uh, they would have gone and inspected her, and she's a cracking type of mare. So uh, all of those things came together, and then the process last night of, of bidding, much like in a live auction, but it was uh, updating. You've got, you make a bid, then there's 30 seconds for someone to come back with a retort. And I was watching it last night and there were bids going left, right and centre, pretty much in $50,000 uh, rises for a while and then $100,000 rises. Uh, she got to $4 million. You thought it might stall there and then $4.1 million are good enough to purchase her, which is a record, a world record for an online auction of a, a mere and look, the third highest price ever for a broodmare in Australasia in any form of uh, public auction. So quite remarkable. Butch, was she always uh, destined to go to, uh, to, to Europe or was there severe interest uh, in perhaps an Australian syndicate or even uh, did any, anyone from New Zealand show any interest at that level? Uh, look, I'm not sure who some of the underbidders were, but yes, uh, look, Coolmore is a worldwide conglomerate. She'll go to their Australian farm, and uh, and that's mm. where she will have her date with, uh, as I said, either Wooten Bassett, uh, Justify, or Poissier. If you were uh, running a market, you get the impression that you'd probably go to Wooten Bassett, a horse that Coolmore have paid uh, multiple millions of dollars to take the ownership over in uh, recent times. So you think uh, that that's where she'd go. Look, um, you know, that their uh, incredible uh, job that James Richards uh, did with her to win all those Group 1s. She won Group 1s at 1,200, 1,400, 1,600 and 2,000 metres. Now there'd be very few uh, horses worldwide that could lay claim to being able to have done that. So that's certainly an attraction for the Coolmore operation which is, as I said, one of the biggest uh, in the world. And and look, I think everyone at TRKR uh, would have uh, been so happy with the way that uh, it went when they uh, very quickly had to swing into action to maximise the value of this mare at this time of year, uh, to turn it round in, in like four days uh, to get that sort of price uh, just shows uh, the uh, the slick and professional operation that they are. Not a bad uh, return on investment for uh, David Ellis either. He spotted uh, her, he's got a great eye for them. Uh, he spotted her and got her for $210,000 originally, so... Uh, on top of uh, what uh, she realised uh, uh, under the hammer last night, um, it's just a little matter of 2.16 in prize money as well. It's a, one of the good stories in racing, fairly. Yeah, one of the greats. I was at Fat Camp this morning with uh, a friend of mine who was lucky enough to have a share in her, and <laughs> he talked about uh, that uh, he invested about uh, 25000 I suppose, by the time insurance and crack a million entries and things uh, to take a 10% share in her, and uh, all up, she's grossed something like, uh, for his 10% share, 620 dollars uh, gross. So not many forms of human endeavour that you can do that and turn it around in a sort of a three- or four-year window. So, uh, look, she's a remarkable story. Yes, uh, selected by uh, DC uh, to uh, do a job. The job was done uh, particularly well by the training operation at Tiaka and then for the administration side of, uh, of that organisation to turn around and... Uh, get her sold for uh, the highest price ever online, just a, a success story all around. And uh, look, there would be uh, plenty of smiling faces of, uh, of any number of people that had a share in her um, last night as that auction developed and she got knocked down to Coolmore for that remarkable price. Butch, uh, we're, we're so used to uh, Caracas sales. We're looking at uh, all sorts of sales, ready-to-runs, etc., throughout any calendar year. Uh, but 
is Gavel House. With the way the world is, is gavelhouse.com, that concept. Is that, uh, is that a burgeoning thing? I mean, we're going to see it more and more frequently in the world? Absolutely. I think you've, you've nailed it, uh, Ian. It is. It's, it's in its infancy. Uh, look, all of the sales companies now have these um, um, divisions of their operation. They all, uh, English Digital, have, have a big sale on a, on a monthly basis, uh, Gavel House. I think every second week there's a thoroughbred uh, auction and there were 50 or 60 lots that were sold on Monday night. This was on their plus service that was able to be uh, ignited quickly to uh, fit the requirement for... Um, Avantage to be maximised in value so quickly with the breeding season upon us. Um, so yes, you're right. And and look, we saw it last year at Caracca at the main sale that the digital aspect, the fact that the Australians uh, couldn't be there but they were able to bid digitally and uh, and be involved in that way. So the world's changed from what it was. It's ever evolving that space, and it's certainly evolving in the thoroughbred auction space as well. Just changing tack uh, briefly, uh, Andrew. Uh, I just wonder, uh, the other day, I, I was, we were dealing with uh, these four silver ferns who were released from Auckland to go about their business on economic grounds. They got an exemption there uh, to go and play in this series. Uh, there's some jockeys hurting a wee bit around the Auckland area, and I'm pretty sure uh, they've got economic reasons to be uh, getting around the country and riding at this time of the year. Uh, what's your opinion on that? It's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, you know, I, I don't know the detail around what the uh, requirements are for those silver ferns uh, to have been allowed out of Auckland, but it seemed remarkable that they were allowed out the day that we saw uh, six NPC players who had got out of Auckland, been training with their teams for a number of days, whistled back into Auckland, and then the three uh, Auckland-based uh, NPC teams being told that they couldn't relocate to a secure a biosecurity bubble uh, in Wairaki, I think they were going to go to. So, I don't know. I think it, it's, uh, to me, you operate in a real world where there's one rule for everyone, and it just seems that this instance that uh, there appears to be some double standards in place. And very tough on the likes, as, as you've alluded to, the Opie Boss and Bleeth and Andrew Calders uh, of this world as they see their uh, spring carnival aspirations dissipate in front of their eyes, but have to also watch last night netballers that have been released from Auckland. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me, yeah. How much is it hurting you, Butch? Uh, you know, um, in terms of uh, on course, etc. How much? How much is it uh, stinging around this time of the year? Because this is the time with the good horses on show where you like to make your money. Absolutely, and, and look, I, I feel, and particularly for Hawke's Bay Racing, Darren Belcom, Elliot Cooper and their teams there, obviously, as you know, intrinsically involved there for a long time, and I know how important the spring is to their financial year, and, and look, they had uh, Saturday with very limited crowd, they'll have next Saturday uh, with a limited crowd, and hopefully that there's some form of uh, opening up and, and some form of relaxation of what we can do by Livermore Classic Day, the 16th of October, because... Uh, look, just from an event side of things, yes, it's about racing, and but it's also where event businesses, racing clubs, and not to be able to put on events around those uh, big race days uh, is, is going to be crippling. Look, the New Zealand Cup Carnival upcoming, we know what that does for the economy of Christchurch as much as anything. Um, there's not many New Zealanders uh, that enjoy sport that haven't at some stage been a part of some cup week down there, and it's uh, a huge part of the social fabric for Christchurch and you'd just hope that by then uh, we are uh, able to do it. So yeah, it's really tough. Um, it makes it hard to plan when there appears to be no pathway. At least in Victoria we've seen this week that they've said no crowds Cox Plate Day, no cl- crowds 
Caulfield Cup Day, but it appears that there's a landmark day uh, that they're drawing around Melbourne Cup Day, and they will start uh, releasing some crowds into events uh, from Melbourne Cup Day onwards. So I think there needs to be some clarity. There needs to be some uh, decisions made that these are some dates where we can, as events, and I'm not just talking racing, I'm talking all sorts of events, cricket, rugby, all of those things coming up, uh, that we need to have some clarity around planning uh, because not only do, do we need to do it and get some money circulating in the economy, I think from a mental health point of view, New Zealanders need to be able to go and enjoy the endeavour that they enjoy. You haven't got any big hats up there in uh, Hamilton, have you? Because we've got a bloke down here by the name of John Barry uh, whose head is getting extremely large about his ability to trade Group 1 horses. Uh, call sign Mav at the weekend, picking up the Tarzino going to day two and destined for the Cox Plate. That could be an interesting story. Yeah, well, there's a bit of unfinished business for JGG Barry and the Cox Plate, isn't there? Pinka uh, Pinka yeah. <laughs> got there. I reckon he still wakes <laughs> up at night and, and cold sweats about the run. Pinka Pinka got that day to beat Jimmy Shoe. And I remember as a kid, Hoss Cartwright, he used to wear a pretty big hat, didn't he? I'm not sure that that would even fit uh, John on Saturday night. <laughs> But anyway, look, congratulations uh, to him. Um, he's been a work in progress, process, uh, work in progress call sign Mav after winning uh, last year's um, Tarzino trophy at, what, 70 or 80 to 1. And, and everyone might have thought, oh, geez, he's a fluke. But no, John's been uh, adamant all along that he's a very good horse. And look, he placed in Group 1 races. He, he gave him uh, some targets to, to make him as a racehorse. Uh, towards uh, the back end of last season in the autumn and brought him back and, and had a preparation solely geared at having him right to kick off in the Tarzino, chose to do that. And then the Windsor Park Plate two weeks later, he doesn't have to travel just from his beautiful uh, property, what, 10 minutes down the road from Hastings Racecourse. And then all things being equal, he can chuck him on a plane and, and go and take on uh, the big dance in Melbourne. And so uh, but pay the believers, well done to them. And uh, I'm sure there were plenty in Hawke's Bay that uh, were uh, celebrating with John uh, last Saturday night. Andrew, just a, a final update. Fat Camp, how's it going? <laughs> it's all a bit, of, uh, a bit of fun. It wasn't a lot of fun in, uh, in the early stages, but uh, no, we're, uh, we love it. We uh, get out and do our exercise and um, and then um, probably not as diligent I was as I, on what's going in from a tooth uh, point of view there for a long while but um, <laughs> I feel a whole lot better and um, yeah, really uh, happy to have gone on that wee journey oh, Well, I, I, have you got a name tag now? Because people are not recognising you. Do you, have, do you have to put a name tag on your, on your blazer? <laughs> I've told Tessie he has to lift a game <laughs> She's the luckiest girl in the world. I keep telling her that. Uh, Andrew, thank yeah, you very, very much. Louise, of course. Outside of Louise. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, they both were very lucky at the auditioning process. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, Andrew, thank you, very, thank you very much, very much for your time this morning, as always, uh, and keeping us informed on that wonderful news uh, for the, the Tiakao connections and those other connections as well as Avantage. Thanks, mate. Enjoyed it. Good on you, Ian. Cheers.